You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, church, this is our two-week mini-series called Unwritten Rules. So we're giving you guys over the next two weeks a little bit of an under-the-bonnet look at the life, the theology, the heart of Lysandra and I at Audacious Church. You've been so great the last six weeks in our life series where we've just preached Jesus so well across the the six weeks. We're going to go into a little bit of a um, a culture message, speaking from the heart, a bit more conversational, so you don't have to listen to just me speak all day long, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Pastor Josh, you can get your P45 this week, find yourself a new job. I'm just kidding. I wonder today, church, have you ever had a time in your life where you've had unwritten rules that you weren't aware of? When I think about that, I think back to our trip to Spain a couple of years ago. Young marrieds, just newly married, what, maybe six months? My gosh, yeah. Going to the Marriott Hotel in Spain. Favour isn't fair, people. It was a good trip. Marbella, (laughs) weather was good. Yeah, it was amazing. It was great. Balcony, pool, the works. Yeah. Lee's first experience of the sun, everyone. Pretty much (laughs) Irish, Ireland. Thanks, love. But we kind of we had a little bit of a domestic, let's say, at the airport, didn't we? Yeah. We're letting you guys in today. We're letting you guys really in. Yeah, and I guess like we all have unwritten rules in our life, right? In my family growing up... Here we go. Not sexist at all, right? But in my family, my dad drove. He was the driver. He drove everywhere. My mom didn't like driving. She could drive, but she, you know, she didn't really like it that much, so... Dad just always drove. And so when we got married, that was my unwritten rule. Just in my head, we never discussed it. I never even thought it would be a thing. I just, Lee likes driving. I thought and he'd I like mean, to I drive. Mean, church, I love driving, right? So when we're in England, we're in the UK, I'm doing the driving. I absolutely love it. But Lysandra and her family had been to this place at the Marriott Hotel in Marbella. It's like their go-to holiday every year. Like they know the roads, they know the place, like the back of their hand. So when we were on the plane heading over, I just assumed that because Lysandra had been there a gazillion times before, that she'd do the driving. But in her mind, she's thinking, I'm like, yeah, holiday. Lee's doing the driving. <laughs> so we get to the airport. We fly over to, where do we fly into? Malaga? Yeah, Malaga. Flew into Malaga, and we had rented a car. Wait, uh, we were backtracked. So, you know, you need to, like, get the yeah. cheap flights. So the later in the evening or early in the morning you fly the cheaper the flights are. So we're only newly married, right? We don't have a lot of money. So we're we flying are late, yes. as late as we could to catch the car rental company still being open. Yeah, so we get there and it's like half 11 at night. There's like a, a threshold where if you arrive after 12 o'clock at night, you pay a late fee. But we're there at half 11. We yeah. push the button, we get our ticket, we are in the queue, and the guy at the desk recognizes we're in the queue, which is about 3,000 people long, right? So we're standing in the queue. 90 minutes later, we get to the front of the desk, and the guy looks at us and says, I apologize, but because you're late, you have to pay the late fee. And we're like, dude, we were standing there an hour and a half ago. Yeah, We've been here the whole time. Stand there. We've been there. Why are we paying the late fee? So we're already vexed at this point, right? And then he puts the keys on the table. I look at Lysandre. Lysandre looks at me, and I'm like, you're driving, love. She goes, no, you're driving. I'm like, but it's your holiday. 
in Marbella. You've been here before. You're driving. She says, Lee, you know in our house, the guys drive. You're driving. We're having a domestic at the counter. I haven't brought my driver's license. I can't drive. Failure, right? Lisandri has hers, but she doesn't have her driving glasses. So we're driving through Spain on the wrong side of the road already. Lisandri can barely see, and I'm directing her through Spain. Where the motorways are crazy. The motorways are There's mad, no yeah. slipway under the motorway there. You stop on the line and you do about 5 million RPM and <laughs> wheel spin under the motorway. We're lucky to be alive. Yeah, yeah. In and Jesus then we name. get to the hotel and they don't even know that we're staying there. It just was literally that night. Disaster. Yeah. A time in your life where you've had unwritten rules. Maybe for you, it's been if it's not broke, don't fix it. Maybe it's been go hard or go home. Maybe for you it's been in Saturday mornings, we don't leave the house till 12 p.m. We don't get out of bed. All of us in life have unwritten rules. But the danger for us today, church, is that if we let these unwritten rules guide us, they are in danger of becoming agents that thwart change rather than promote change. And we can end up in places and in situations that we never intended to be. Now, in Joshua 3, the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They've moved out of the wilderness, and now they're in the promised land. And they've all these unwritten rules that served them well in Egypt, unwritten rules that served them well in the wilderness. But now they're moving forward into new territory, into the promised land. The unwritten rules don't serve them anymore. They have to change their mindset. They have to replace and break the old rules in order to move forward into all that God had for them. And today for us, church, we are moving into a new season. We're taking new territory. Our service today is packed out. We're moving forward, taking ground. We have to break the unwritten rules that we've held in order to move forward into all that God has for us. Some of the unwritten rules we have in church sound like this. Oh, but I've got to have it all together in order to help somebody else, in order to pastor somebody else. Another rule is, oh, only the special people are leaders. I'm not called to be a leader. Well, church, newsflash today, we are telling you all of us in the house are called to be leaders. We're called to disciple and we're called to move forward. Amazing. So we're going to look at four different types of rules that you might, preconceptions that you might have, people have. The first one is, you might have thought, leadership is not for me. Well, let's look at what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. This looks at right before Jesus ascended up to heaven. And it says, Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Now, I'm just going to backtrack a second. The last thing Jesus ever said was to go and make more disciples. Like out of everything he could have chosen to say, he actually said to us, go and make disciples. Go make leaders. Go, make, go replicate yourself so that we can spread the gospel around the world. Um, and this morning, I want to say, you might think, Lizandri, I'm not a leader. I've been there. You might think, I'm not a leader. I'm not caught out for this. I don't know if I want to do it. But actually... There's this guy called Bill Hybels, a pastor, and he defines leadership as influence. And I just want to say this morning that each one of you have got spheres of influence. We all have influence, areas of influence in our lives. We've got to lead ourselves, right? That's the first sphere. You might, if nothing else, you've got a sphere of influence in your own life to lead yourself. 
need to wake up in the morning, need to have a shower in Jesus' name. Have that shower today in <laughs> Jesus' name. Need to go to work. You've got to lead yourself. So that's one sphere that at least everyone in this room can identify with. The second one is leading your family and your friends. We've all got people whose lives we speak into. Your brother might need help. He might need you to speak into his life. Your mom might need some advice, need to speak into that life. Maybe your kids, you're leading your family. You're leading your friends. They need advice. They need help. Leadership doesn't always look like what I think in our heads we make it out to be. It's simple. Let's take the pressure off for a second. Leadership is simple. The, sec- the third thing, leadership, so we lead in schools, uni, and work as well. It's another sphere of influence. And also, what we're going to talk about this morning is in church, what that looks like in church. And so we all have spheres of influence, and God wants us to impact in those areas. And I just want to say this morning, each of you, you're the only ones who can have impact in your spheres of influence. No one else can speak into your areas, your work, your family, your situations the way that you can. God will give you wisdom and strength to speak into those situations, authority that no one else will have. So we need to take ownership of that this morning. So here at Audacious, we're always looking to raise up leaders. And this is a place where each of you are welcome, known and loved. Like you are valuable here and we want to raise you up. We want to bring you on the journey. We want to take you with us to make this church what it could be, what, like what God's intention for church is to be. And in doing that, we need to raise disciples. We need to be, we need to be disciples who are disciples, but also who are leading at the same time. So we are called to be disciples, and because of that, we are therefore called to lead. They are hand in hand, and that's what Jesus commanded us to do. And speaking of discipleship, the second rule we can almost preconceive on our mind is that discipleship is a course. Discipleship is a course. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, there is one body, but it has many parts. Everybody say many parts. Whack your neighbor if you fell asleep. Say many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. The church has many expressions of the church globally. Audacious church, we have many different people that call Audacious church home. I once heard it said that variety is the spice of life. See, discipleship isn't a one-size-fits-all. Discipleship is flexible to fit people in many needs, preferences, styles, tastes. And about discipleship, you and I don't do one discipleship course, tick the box and say, happy days, I'm now discipled, I've made it. You don't graduate the university of discipleship. Discipleship isn't the CPD of the Christian world. You do it once and then you're eligible for a promotion. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it like this, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Speaking that from a Nazi prison, imprisoned for speaking on the radio for Jesus. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. In other words, discipleship is a lifelong journey of being molded, formed, sharpened to be more like Jesus and to make a difference on the earth. And that's why at church, we have a vast menu 
of different things that you can do in the life of church. We've got Monday nights at Audacious College. We've got Extraordinary Home. We've got teams. We've got small groups. We've got devotionals. We've got podcasts. We've got Alpha. We've got so much going on. So each and every one of us can be discipled. And then we can disciple others. And the reason that Lizanne and I plug them so often, and this is some of our heart right here, isn't for you guys to tick a box so the stats look good on a Monday morning. It's so that we can give you the keys to make an impact and a difference in your world. And we collectively could change the nation for Jesus. So today, don't make discipleship that one-off course that you did three years ago. Make it a part of your life. Ask the question today, Am I connected into small groups? Am I on a team? Am I doing an audacious college course? Have I done Extraordinary Home? Let's together keep growing in our leadership through being discipled. And the reality, church, is this, is that each and every one of us, we could in a moment fall into fame, but we can never fall into greatness. Greatness is our onward pursuit of becoming more and more like Jesus and making a difference. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. But together, let's believe that as we move forward in our leadership, we'll leave a mark in our church and in the world. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah, good. Um, Rule number three is you might feel like I have to know everyone to be a part of community. Okay, let's look at the Bible again. It's always good to look at the Bible. So Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 all in all. So, I mean, there you go. So the church went from having 12, maybe 14, 15 people um, to 3,000. That was really big growth really quickly. Um, But we look just a few verses later on in Acts. And although the church started really big... That's not how it carried on. Like, they still had corporate gatherings. They still had that that happened. But actually, if you look further on in Acts, you see that they were gathering house to house, meeting in small groups, meeting to break bread, to do life together. Families were sharing things between each other. They were helping with each other's children, helping with needs. And that is what we want community to look like here at Audacious. So I'll just tell you a little bit about my journey. Um, When I moved here to... Chester three years ago before we got married, I came along and I'm sure as all of you have felt at one point, didn't know a single soul here apart from this one here. And I was like, whoa, like this is awesome. But I just feel like one person in the midst of a 500 person church. And it's so easy to, when you first arrive to be like, oh, I'm just a cog in the big wheel. But I just want to say this morning, that is not true. Each one of you have got a significant part to play in this mechanism of what we're doing. Each one of you have got a specific calling on your life that not any other person in this room or actually in the world has got on them. Like, so it's really important that you guys step into what God has on your life to be able to enable us as a body to work together and achieve and do what God has for the city of Chester. So what I had to do after I had those feelings, I sat in that place for a couple of weeks, but then I had to make an active decision to position myself in a place of community. I had to join a team. I joined a small group. I started meeting up with people for coffee. I started getting to know people. And quickly, I began to feel part of what was happening. I began to feel part of the bigger community that was here at church. Um, And 
I think we can look at also rings of influence, and we all have rings of influence, you know, different stages like that. Jesus had them as well, and he had, you, we have Jesus and the 5,000, we have Jesus and his 12 disciples, and we have Jesus and his three best friends. So if Jesus needed community, we really do too. It's actually really integral to what we need to function well and to grow. So as Audacious, we want to be a church that is so numerically large that we stop the traffic, which is awesome. But I just want to say this morning that growth and becoming a mega church, which we want to be, that doesn't come at the expense of building community. Like we're not sacrificing one for the other. They actually, we need strong community to be able to build a big, big church that has impact. Um, so also, Sunday is not our only expression of church. So you might think, I want to be in a church where I know everyone. Well, we're never going to know everyone. If we're growing, if we're constantly striving to become more of what God has for us, it's going to be constantly changing. Actually, Sunday is just our shop front. Sun Sunday is just what we look at to see beyond what's happening behind the scenes. So we've got small groups happening. We've got super sixes. We've got young adults. We've got youth. We've got creative. We've got so many different things happening in the life of church that you get to be a part of. And... Sundays is just the corporate expression of encounter, and then in the week we meet to get down to the nitty-gritty and reality of what it looks like to do life and do it well with each other. So as we grow, you know, Lee and I would really love to know everyone, like that is our heart, and our heart is to know everyone really well and be best friends with everyone, but that's not always going to be reality, and although we'll try our best it's not always going to be easy, but that is why we've got this incredible structure that we have in place of small groups, small group leaders, and so on and so forth that breaks it down so that every person in church is part of community, is known, seen, and loved, and is supported no matter what's going on in the life of church. Yeah, brilliant. I think for us, everybody, it's as much as we would love to hang out and have dinner at everybody's house, if we did that, we'd spend 365 days this year having dinners which, you know, I'd get bigger, bless the Lord, but we wouldn't build church. And that's why we've got small group leaders who are the pastoral network of church so that everybody is seen, known, and loved. Everybody's name is known by somebody within a small group, within a team, within a department, not necessarily us, because we are at the forefront of building a mega church of thousands of people in Chester, so much so that we move from this building to bigger spaces. But like Lisandri said, that will not come at the cost of community. Last rule, everybody say last rule, is you've caught yourself saying this on your wedding day, I bet you. It has to be perfect. Many brides have said that. It has to be perfect. Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. We'll jump down a couple of verses at the back, guys. We'll go from, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Here's a good bit. But since you excel in everything, how many parents would love to hear their son or daughter's teacher say that on parent-teacher day? Since they excel in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we've kindled in you. See that you, Audacious Church Chester, also excel in this grace of giving. See today, church, our goal is excellence, not perfection. Perfection is a curse. 
that will rob you from action and stunt you from growth. Only one person is perfect and that person is Jesus. None of us were designed to be perfect. In fact, the disciples at one point asked Jesus, can one of us sit on your right in heaven and one of us on your left? And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. The Bible says in another place that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, Father God. The disciples were asking Jesus if one could sit on Jesus's right and another on Jesus's left. In other words, taking the place of God who sat on Jesus's left. We were never created to be perfect because Jesus sits in that place. Our perfect savior who bore the sins of the world, paid a price so we could have freedom and life. Our goal isn't perfection, but our goal today is excellence. This Bible first says, see that you excel in everything, not that you're perfect in everything. Another translation uses the word abound instead of excel. And that's where the Greek word perosis is used, which means beyond what is anticipated, exceeding expectation, more abundant, and going past the limit. There's only one limit in your life, church. You're not allowed to excel, and that's the speed limit. But every other limit on your life, let's excel. Let's move past. Let's go beyond what is expected. Let's move beyond the status quo of the way that things are. And excellence is what takes us from a motel church to a Ritz-Carlton church. You drive through America, you stop off at a motel for one night, and then you get out of there in Jesus' name. Nobody goes to a motel and goes, wow. But when you go to a Ritz-Carlton hotel, you go to a five-star hotel, you walk in the lobby and go, wow. And that's the kind of environment we want to create for every single person that comes into Audacious Church, creating a wow moment in the car park where people see the, the welcome on the doors. They go, wow, God. They get a gift pack in their hand. They say, wow, God. They come into the environment of praise and worship and go, wow, God. Is this really church? You betcha it's church. They leave and they want to come back week after week after week. Under the bonnet, guys, this is a kind of church that we want to create together here in Chester. Anybody can be average, but we are excellent. We don't serve an average savior. We don't serve an average God. We serve a perfect savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, a God who provides, a God who makes a way. So today, church, let's not settle for mediocrity. Let's not settle for what we could do in our own strength, but let's move forward for all that God's got for us. Let's be excellent. Let's be awesome. Let's be audacious church in Jesus' name. So good. Wow. So good. So church, today, I want to just say to you that as leaders, because we have now discovered we all are leaders in some capacity, some form or another, but as leaders, we, so you, I, we are responsible to make the first move. Like if you have an accident at home, something happens, you break your arm maybe, you're not gonna wait for the doctor to come and knock on your door and say, Mr. Brown, you've got a broken arm. Please, can I be your medical physician? Please, can I be the one who fixes you? No, actually, it's on you. You've gotta to go to the doctor and decide, I need help. I need to step out and get involved here. Same goes for, we can lead a horse to water, but we can't make a horse drink. 
We can't force you to do this, but we want to invite you this morning to come on this journey with us. We want to invite you to come with us to partner with what God is doing in Audacious Church Chester and in this city and in this region. Because church, He is moving. He has got so much in store and we have the opportunity to be a part of it. So that today I want to remind you, you are not living in the shadows of anyone else. You, you are, all of you, you're anointed, you're called. You are the only ones who can have the impact that you have. You're the only ones who can play your role and what God's put on your life in this church and as part of our family. And we want to invite you today to come and do that. Today is your opportunity to come out of hiding. Today is your opportunity to actually make decision. Maybe you've been feeling a bit isolated. Maybe you come on a Sunday and you sneak out of the back and you leave as soon as it ends. Why don't you stick around today and meet someone? Why don't you see what God has in store for you in this family with everyone here? You've been set apart by God to be excellent, not perfect. There is no pressure on you. The pressure is off. Let's be who God has called us to be. Let's be who He's intended us to be to serve Him. So today is our call to action. We want to invite you to sign up. We want to invite you to join team, to get stuck in on a team. Maybe you don't know what that is. Talk to the team outside at the end of the service. We've got so much you can be a part of. Join a small group. Come be a part of what we're doing. Come be a part of what God is doing. He is moving and we get to be a part of it. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.